The British Library briefly mentioned Mary Reed Anderson, née MacArthur, in their recent exhibition Unfinished Business, which celebrated the milestones overcome by women in their fight for equality. Early trade unions excluded women workers from their members. Unhappy about this, Mary MacArthur established the National Federation of Women Workers, which improved the working lives of many women. She also founded the union's newspaper The Woman Worker, which gained 20,000 subscribers. Mary MacArthur Mary MacArthur, born on 13 August 1880, grew up in Glasgow as the eldest of six children to John Duncan MacArthur and Anne Elizabeth Martin. Her father owned a drapery business and afforded to send his daughter to Glasgow Girls High School. During her school years, MacArthur developed a passion for journalism while working as an editor on the school magazine. She decided then that she wanted to become a full-time writer and, after finishing at the high school, continued her studies abroad in Germany. On her return home, MacArthur briefly worked for her father as a bookkeeper, but this was not the position she desired in life. In 1903, MacArthur moved to London to take up the position of secretary for the Women's Trade Union League. Established by Emma Patterson, 1848-86 and 1874, the League initially aimed to protect wages and conditions of workers, provide benefits for sick and unemployed workers and help settle disputes between workers and employers. When MacArthur became secretary, the League's new aims included improving the rights of female workers and persuading all male trade unions to admit women. Whilst the Women's Trade Union League united women from different trades, their affiliations with activists with different aims hindered their goals. The Badge of the NFWW Some activists focused on particular classes rather than women as a whole. MacArthur worried the upper classes would receive preferential treatment, causing the working classes to suffer. In 1906, MacArthur established the National Federation of Women Workers, NFWW, as a trade union for all women. Whereas the Women's Trade Union League campaigned to allow women into mixed-gender trade unions, the NFWW was a women-only trade union. By the end of the year, 2,000 women signed up to the NFWW across 17 branches. As the founder of the NFWW and as a suffragette, MacArthur helped oversee the founding of the National Anti-Sweating League. This league, run by British politician George Sean, 1876-1919, aimed to end the suffering workers faced in sweatshops and demanded a minimum wage. An issue of the women worker from 1907. In 1907, fueled by her passion for writing, MacArthur founded the Woman Worker, a monthly newspaper for the NFWW. In the first issue, MacArthur stated the paper's aim to teach the need for unity, to help improve working conditions, to present a monthly picture of the many activities of women trade unionists, to discuss all questions affecting the interests and welfare of women. Such, in brief, is our aim and purpose. Due to popular demand, the woman worker developed into a weekly paper for over 20,000 readers. Although the woman worker primarily focused on women's needs, MacArthur also tackled much broader topics, including the conditions of sweatshops, which affected both men and women. As a journalist, MacArthur visited the poverty-stricken areas of London, speaking to the people who worked for long hours in inadequate settings for minimal money. In 1908, MacArthur presented her findings to the House of Commons. MacArthur's findings alone were insufficient in her strive to end the harsh working conditions but combined with other people's research, the reports began to make a difference. Encouraged by the National Anti-Sweating League, sweatshop workers went on strike, demanding fairer pay. 
A photograph taken in 1908 shows MacArthur addressing a crowd of striking men and women in Trafalgar Square. Forty-four women from Corriganza Box Making Works initiated the strike in protest of unfair pay cuts. Many of the male workers joined their cause, and others donated money to the company to pay their employees an appropriate salary. In 1909, the British government passed the Trade Boards Act, which allowed boards to establish a minimum wage for particular trades, most notably chain-making, ready-made tailoring, paper-box-making, and the machine-made lace trade. Unfortunately, not all companies willingly agreed to the new wages, for instance, a chain-making enterprise in Cradley Heath in the West Midlands. MacArthur addressing the crowds during the chain-makers' strike, Cradley Heath 1910. With the help of the NFWW, 800 female chain-makers organized a 10-week strike in retaliation to their employers' refusal to increase their wages. The Trade Boards Act stipulated the women should receive a minimum of 11s, 55p, per week, but they continued to receive far less. From mid-August until 22nd of October 1910, the strikers protested on the streets where they gained many supporters. In cinemas across the country, people watched newsreels about the progress of the strike, and the NFWW collected £4,000, approximately £450,000 today, in donations from several local communities. Eventually, their employer agreed to increase their wages, and the donations collected during the strike helped to fund the Cradley Heath Workers' Institute. With two successful strikes under her belt, MacArthur's fame spread across the country. When troubles occurred in food and drink factories in Bermondsey, MacArthur received a request for assistance. The summer of August 1911 was one of the hottest summers on record, which made working long hours in poor conditions almost impossible. Whilst the Trade Boards Act improved wages for some women, this did not include women in food factories who continued to receive as little as three shillings a week. A total of 14,000 women went on strike from 22 factories and marched on London in protest. MacArthur addressed the crowds in Southwark Park, supported by suffragette Sylvia Pankhurst, 1882-1960, amongst others. After weeks of determination, the factory women received a significant pay rise. During 1911, MacArthur married British socialist politician William Anderson, 1877-1919, with whom she later had a daughter, and Elizabeth Nancy. During the First World War, Anderson sat as the chairman of the Executive Committee of the Labour Party. He fully supported his wife's determination to improve working conditions for women. When war broke out in 1914, many men left their day jobs to enlist as soldiers. The government encouraged women to fill the men's positions or work in munitions factories. Over a million women enrolled in these positions, but many found the working conditions inadequate, the hours long and the pay unsatisfactory. Once again, the NFWW campaigned to improve the working conditions for women. One of the first establishments they targeted was the Ainsworth Mill in Cletermoor, Cumbria where women produced khaki thread for soldiers' uniforms. For 60 hours of work, the women received a pitiable seven to nine shillings. Supported by the NFWW, 250 women organized a strike, and MacArthur's husband implored the House of Commons to investigate the low payment rates. After six weeks of campaigning, the women received a 10% war bonus. When investigating the munitions factories, the NFWW found men received seven pence an hour, whereas women only earned three and a half. The organization successfully campaigned for an end to the unequal payment, but one Newcastle factory refused to comply. During 1916, 
the NFWW encouraged the underpaid women to stage a sit-in, where they knitted socks for the soldiers rather than operating the machinery in the factory. This action angered Parliament, and MacArthur received a phone call directly from Winston Churchill, 1874-1965, asking her to explain her actions. Twenty-four hours later, the women returned to work and received a back payment of their missing wages. As the war continued, many more women went on strike across the country, demanding equal pay or improved working conditions. Each time, they received the support of the NFWW and became a talking point in Parliament. With recent suffragette militancy fresh in their minds, politicians discussed the rights of women in general, which likely contributed towards the decision to grant women over 30 the right to vote in 1918. After the passing of the Representation of the People Act 1918 in Parliament, Qualification of Women, Act 1918, women were allowed to stand for Parliament. MacArthur decided to stand as the Labour Party candidate for the Stourbridge constituency in Worcestershire. She worked closely with John Davison, 1870-1927, the Labour candidate in Smethwick, who defeated his only opponent, Christabel Pankhurst, 1880-1958. Unfortunately, MacArthur did not win due to her opposition to the war. Her husband, who held similar sentiments, also lost his seat. First International Congress of Working Women In 1919, MacArthur's husband passed away after suffering a short bout of influenza. Despite this sad loss, MacArthur represented the NFWW at the International Congress of Working Women, ICWW, later that year. Women from Great Britain, the USA, Argentina, Belgium, Canada, Cuba, Czechoslovakia, Denmark, France, India, Italy, Japan, the Netherlands, Norway, Poland, Serbia, Spain, Sweden and Switzerland attended the International Women's Congress to discuss working conditions for women. Topics included an eight-hour day, equal pay and maternity leave. By the end of the conference, they had established the Maternity Protection Convention, which adopted proposals concerning women's employment, before and after childbirth, including the question of maternity benefit. After many successful years of representing women, the NFWW merged with the National Union of General Workers, NUGW, in 1920 to form a union for both male and female workers. Under the motto You Cannot Afford to Stand Alone, the NUGWA continued to support workers in low-paid jobs and ensured they received pay increases to match the rate of inflation. In 1924, the NUGWA merged with the National Amalgamated Union of Labor and the Municipal Employees Association to form the National Union of General and Municipal Workers, now known as GMB. Statue of Mary MacArthur, Mary MacArthur Gardens, Cradley Heath. MacArthur continued to support women through the NUGWA making significant changes in many places of employment. She worked right up until her death from cancer on 1 January 1921, age 40. Although many people in the 21st century are unfamiliar with her name and work, the areas where she made the most impact continue to remember Mary MacArthur. In Cradley Heath, for instance, a statue of MacArthur stands in the Mary MacArthur Gardens, and a nearby road is named Mary MacArthur Drive in her honor. In memory of her work, the Mary MacArthur Scholarship Fund, 1922-2011, and Mary MacArthur Educational Trust, 1968-2011, aim to advance the educational opportunities of working women. In Cardiff, the Mary MacArthur Holiday Trust continues to provide help for women who need a break. The trust assists women who do to age, poverty, infirmity, disablement or social or economic circumstances require a break from everyday life.
There are also three blocks of social houses slash flats named after Mary MacArthur in London at Hammersmith, Bethnal Green, and Dagenham. In 2017, English Heritage unveiled a blue plaque at 42 Woodstock Road, Golders Green, where MacArthur once lived and died. Since 2018, Mary MacArthur's name and portrait have, along with 54 other women and four men, decorated the plinth of the Millicent Fawcett statue in Parliament Square. Lack of general knowledge about Mary MacArthur highlights how little the country knows about the women that made a difference in society. Without pioneering women such as MacArthur, life would be very different today. Thanks to MacArthur, women receive, almost, equal treatment to men at work and have the right to be represented by trade unions. If MacArthur could witness the life of a British woman today, almost a century after her death, she would no doubt be proud of her achievements. Other blogs in the Unfinished Business series Vesta Tilly Harriet Martineau The Edinburgh Seven If you would like to support my blog, become a Patreon from pound 5 slash m or buy me a coffee for 3 pounds. Thank you.